Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Uh, three weeks ago, I uh, introduced a series to the church called I Love This Place. And the first week um, when I talked about I Love This Place, I told you that um, about my church. And, and, and really when we say church, we're not talking about the building. Uh, we're not talking about the uh, pews. We're not talking about the type of uh, music. We're not talking about the stained glass windows. When we talk about the church, we are talking about um, us the body of Christ coming together. And so now here we are on March 22nd uh, in the state of Illinois uh, with a shelter in place uh, mandate. And we have the ability because of technology to be the church and be spread out. And so what I would ask you is drop a uh, a comment in the uh, box. Just where are you at? Are you in Centralia? Are you down in DuCoin? Are you over in O'Fallon? Are you in another state? Uh, just drop that uh, uh, wherever you're uh, coming from. Uh, I'd appreciate that. And it'd be interesting as we watch this to see uh, where or how how big our reach as a church is. Because I think it's a lot bigger than uh, just the city of Centralia. And so um, week number one, I talked about I love this place, my church. Week number two, I talked about I love this place, uh, my community. And, and what was really, it's, it's prophetic, uh, th this message series, because uh, what I uh, pointed out was that the church uh, or our community was not inside the building. It's not inside those walls. It's not on that campus. Uh, our community, it, well, you know what, we're all out in our community today. And so um, now I want to talk to you all about, I love this place by serving. Now I got to tell you, I I plan my sermons out a year, and so uh, this message was on the queue, and I was tempted, all right? Have, has anyone out there been tempted? Well, I was tempted to uh, maybe adjust things and, and pivot to what we are, you know, what's relevant, uh, what's going on in our country today, and what I realized is, you know what? God's principles are timeless, and as I went back through my message, I realized that today was a message for today. This message that was planned over, actually more than a year ago, um, was prepared for such a time as this, for a time when we uh, need um, to be the church. All right, and so I want to talk to you today about um, uh, serving. And so I just want to say this, when we use the word serving in Western culture, it's usually with a negative connotation. You know, we think that, um, you know, if you are serving someone, you are lesser than them. And you know what, we learned that that's just not the case. And and so uh, I don't ever want to think that uh, something is that I'm not going to do it or that it's beneath me or that that's too much. You know, how can I do this? As the body of Christ, we are challenged um, to embrace our identity in Christ, which really is what uh, the, the theme of this message series is. Embrace your identity as the church. Embrace your identity when it comes to your community and where that's at. And then to embrace your identity 
when it comes to serving. And now, I just want to be very clear with this, and that is, you know, when we think about our identity, our identity is not what we want to be. It's who we are right now. You know, a lot of people, they look at their identity as a goal. You know, I, I want to be a certain weight, or I want to have a certain job, or I want to live in a certain location. Well, the fact of the matter is, my identity and your identity is where we're at right now. When you look in the mirror, that's your identity. And what I find fascinating is, especially when I see pictures or when I go back and watch this video, of what I think I'm seeing or what I want to see is different than what other people see. Matter of fact, I, I looked at a picture the other day, and uh, when I saw I thought, man, I know I was holding it in my belly a little bit more than that, but you know what? That, that wasn't the case. You know? And so my identity wasn't what I thought it was. Um, it was reality and what that picture showed me. And so what is our identity? When I say embrace your identity in Christ, what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about being like Christ. You know, that is our mandate. And um, how was Christ? Well, Matthew 20, verse 28 says it this way. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. So we want to embrace our identity in Christ. We must serve. You know, I mentioned it earlier, love God and love people. That's our mission as a church. That came to us straight from Jesus Christ. And he said that all of the law hang on those two things. Today, um, no matter where you're at and no matter how far remotely we're uh, separated, we're getting to worship. We just worshiped with Jermaine and Mallory and they were fi they're 50 miles from me. We, you get to worship right now through listening to this and, and letting the Holy Spirit speak to you. And um, that is great. But when this Facebook Live ends, we find out that we get a chance to love people. And, and what, I love what the Bible says. The Bible says that you cannot possibly love God, and that seems like that's the easy thing, without loving people. I joke about this, um, but you know what is true? And that is this. The best thing about uh, pastoring the church is the people. You all are incredible. Um, it is amazing to watch you, watch you grow in your faith. Uh, over the last 15 months, it's been uh, phenomenal from my perspective to watch you uh, grow in your faith. But I'll tell you this, the worst thing about pastor and church sometimes is the people. And, and not just because you guys misbehave, but you know what? Um, you lose loved ones. And uh, I get to be there um, for that uh, funeral, get to, to lead that. And I'll just tell you that, that that's, that's a hard time, but it's a great time. And so um, I want to show us today how that uh, we are going to love people. And how do we love people? The way Jesus did, by serving. Um, he tells a story in John chapter 13 and verses 3 through 5, and he shares a story about this, that um, it was the Last Supper. And so when, talk about seeing things differently, when we see John 13 verses 3 through 5, we see the Last Supper. Here's what Jesus saw. He saw a dysfunctional group of followers, his disciples. Why? Because one of those guys had just uh, been, been given clearance by Jesus. Go, you go do what you're going to do. I know you're going to betray me. Uh, go ahead and do that. And then he leans over because uh, John, uh, is, who was it? And Jesus tells him, it's a guy that's dipping his bread in the wine right now. Not only was he betrayed, but then they, his disciples started arguing about who's the greatest. And they want to know who was going to be on the right hand and who was going to be on the left. And what Jesus saw was he saw a bunch of proud hearts. And his disciples, the men who had been following him for the last three years, he saw some really puffed up, proud hearts. Because these guys were being told that my the kingdom is about to come. The kingdom is about to happen. And they thought, 
They weren't no longer fishermen. They thought they were going to be in charge. They thought they were going to take it back to the Romans and they're going to give them a little bit of taste of what the uh, Jewish people had been uh, living under for many years. And what Jesus saw was proud hearts. But he didn't stop there. He saw dirty feet. Let me read verse 5 to you in John chapter 13. It says this. It says, Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And I just got to tell you, Peter, Peter, Peter. Because when Jesus got to Peter, Peter said this. You know, I'm not going to let you, the master, wash my feet. You know, you're better. And that's what he's trying to say. Is you're better than that. But um, I don't know if you guys... Um, resonate with Peter, but I do. I have stuck my foot in my mouth so many times as a Christian. I have, I have, in trying to do good and great things, I have embarrassed the cause of Christ. Peter did that. And uh, I've been told that you can learn from other people's mistakes or you can learn from your own. And so I like, I like to read up on Peter and learn from his mistakes so that I don't do those same things because I'm, I'm prone to do that. Well, if we're going to embrace our identity in Christ, we need to start seeing things differently. And Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part in my kingdom. And Peter being Peter said, okay, well, don't just wash my feet, wash my whole body. He started seeing things a little bit differently. No longer was it, no way, Jesus, uh-uh, not going to happen. Instead, he, he invited him in to do this. How do we, as the church separated, sheltering in place, how do we embrace our identity in Christ? How do we um, be the church? Well, here's, we do what Jesus did. We start seeing needs. We need to look around and, and see what's going on and see where their needs are. And, and the truth of the matter is there, there are needs all around us. Uh, think about this, toilet paper, all right? I mean, I cannot believe what happened with the toilet paper. You know, uh, how that happened so fast that that was, that was the one thing that everybody thought was so important. You know what really happened was FOMO, F-O-M-O. Drop, someone drop F-O-M-O in the comments. That's what really happened. The reason why all the toilet paper was gone, FOMO. And F-O-M-O, FOMO, stands for fear of missing out. And there were a lot of people, you me included, me included, that were thinking, you know what? If I don't get some more tulip, I mean, you probably had a hundred rolls at your house, and if you saw some at the store, you put them in your shopping cart. Why? Fear of missing out. Um, there are other needs. There are needs right now when it comes to food. There are people who are hungry. And what they're really, um, the need is a future. They need to know that there's another meal. You know, there's a lot of kids in our, your community, my community, that every day we're getting meals at the school. And when they shut the schools down, where are we going to get breakfast? Where are we going to get lunch? And I, I just got to tell you, I love seeing businesses. I love seeing churches step up and say, you know what? You come by during these times, we're going to have some kind of a lunch for you. We're going to give you a future. Well, you know, there's another need, money. Oh my goodness, you know, right now people are, uh, you know, probably in a panic mode or having some extreme anxiety when it comes to money. But I learned a lesson when I was over in Afghanistan um, about uh, this concept. And, and that is, you know, sometimes the people with the least are the most generous. One of the things I had uh, learned when I was over there is that one of their favorite nuts is the uh, pistachio. 
And so uh, I, my friends and family were sending me pistachios by the five pound bags. It was awesome. And what I would do is I would go in and, and so I, my mission over there was embedded into a part of a Afghan, Afghan National Army. And so I remember one day I'm walking in with this five pound bag of pistachios and there are about 50 um, Afghan soldiers and, and there were no chairs. It's a big room, but there are no chairs. And so what they do is they squat down by the wall. And so 50 of these guys are just surrounding um, all along the, the entire wall, um, squatted down. And so I walked up to just one guy and I gave him that five pound bag of pistachios, knowing that I was kind of curious to see what would happen. Here's what happened. Took the bag, uh, I'd already opened it, and he took a little small handful out, and then he handed it to the next guy. And then that guy took a little bit out, and he handed it to me. It went all the way around the 50, and then they gave me the bag back with a little bit. And I was thinking, you know what? If that happened today in America, I'm not sure that it would have gotten past the first guy. Matter of fact, I'll just say this. If I would have been squatting on the wall and somebody came up with, to me with a five-pound bag of pistachios, I'm not convinced that I would have just taken a handful out and I'm like, thank you very much. You know, bless you. Uh, bless you very much. And so um, I learned that just because there's a, um, a perceived need, they see things differently. And this young man, he just saw the opportunity to share this with his friends. You know, well, not only did Jesus see a need, you know, but Jesus made a difference. And if we're going to be like Christ, if we are going to embrace our identity in Christ, then we not only need to see needs, that's not enough. You know, James tells us that, you know, if you see your brother um, or sister in need, and, and whether it's a jacket, give him your coat. If they need food, give him your food. What does that mean? means make a difference. How did Jesus make a difference? Well, he made a difference by cleaning dirty feet. Pulled out the bowl, started washing off their feet, started drying off with the towel. You see, Jesus was very practical in the way that he saw needs. He saw proud hearts, but he saw a way to fix the proud hearts with dirty feet. You know, and I would tell you this, as, as uh, followers of Christ, it is uh, important that, you know, during this time, um, that we don't lead with quoting scripture. You know, you know what, God, God's good all the time. I believe that. You know, I've lived that through my life. I have seen him. But um, somebody who doesn't know Christ, who's not a Christ follower, who doesn't claim the name of Christ, and you go and tell them that scripture that all things are going to work together for good, they don't get it. They don't understand it. You know what? Jesus didn't start quoting scripture to the disciples. What did he do? Start washing feet. Um, I would encourage you this. Uh, I know that when we see needs, we say, hey, I'm going to pray for you. And a lot of times as Christians, we don't pray for each other. We don't pray for those needs. We certainly don't pray for them at the level that the person who's asking for them. There are a lot of things that we do as Christians that I would just encourage you, um, let's get practical in our Christianity. Uh, today, what we're doing here right now, this Facebook Live, this is, you don't get any more practical than this. There are more people going to see this message than have seen any other message I've preached all year long. Why? Because we're being practical. John Maxwell, and I don't know where the quote originated, but I know this quote is from John Maxwell that I, that I recall. And he said this, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You're, the people that you're going to encounter during this time, during this challenge that we're going through as a country, they don't care that you're nice. They don't care that you go to church on Sunday. They don't care about any of those things or how much scripture you know. What, what do they care about? They care about toilet paper. They care about uh, food. They care about money. And we need to be practical like Jesus. We need to start washing some feet. Well, how are we going to find these needs? Well, I would, I would encourage you. Number one, next door. 
All right, you are sheltering in place. I looked at the mandate. It said you can go out and walk the neighborhood. You, you're able to go out and get food and groceries and so forth. And I'm convinced that there are a lot of people, and you don't need to drop comments and confess it, um, but there are a lot of people who are listening to this message right now. You may have never met your neighbor. Hey, now is a good time. Yesterday, um, I got to meet my neighbor. Um, now, I've, I've known uh, John, and but we hadn't talked in a long time. Uh, he got a... Uh, pool table. Come on. I love this. And he said, hey, can you give me a hand getting it in? And it was really interesting in, in the, the, the dynamics of, so we, I helped him carry this in. And, um, and when we're done, it's like no handshaking, <laughs> you know, no high-fiving. Um, it was a, uh, just an opportunity to say, hey, and I told him, I said, look, John, you know, they just had a baby a couple months ago. If you guys need anything, knock on the door. You know, you need this pool table moved back out. You want to move it over to my house? You know, knock on my door. I would encourage you, go next door. Uh, find out how your neighbor's doing. Uh, find out what needs they have. Uh, maybe they need toilet paper. Maybe they need some food. Maybe they need some money. And I would encourage you to um, do something practical. Wash their feet. What does washing the feet look like? No, you don't have to take a bucket over there. You don't have to take sponges. You don't have to take towels. Find the need. Make a difference. So not only can you find needs next door, but I believe that you'll find needs if you just pick up the phone and make a phone call. Yes, while you're sheltering in place, make a phone call. Who haven't you talked to in a while that you need to? I mean, the name has just popped up in your, your mind. Write it down, all right? Um, and I would encourage you is to make sure that um, you reach out to that person. Ask them, hey, is there anything that you need? Nine times out of 10, they're gonna say no. But if you'll just have a conversation, I'll bet you that they'll reveal what the needs are. And then if I were you, if it happens with me, I'm going to help them. I'm going to find a way to meet that need. Let's be the church. Let's embrace our identity in Christ. Let's begin to serve. Let's see the needs. And the only way you can see them is going next door. The only way you can see them is making the phone call. And then let's start making a difference. So when you see a need, make a difference. Well, uh, next door phone call. How about this, FaceTime? All right, you know, during the last pandemic that hit the United States was 1918. One in three homes had a phone. All right, now uh, every home, I mean, you got three phones each individually. Ford's Model T, it was just 10 years old. Well, right now, um, FaceTime is 10 years old. And I would encourage you to start using FaceTime. Um, not just call them, but like use that little video uh, function on your phone and so that they can see them and you can um, see them as well and they can see you. Uh, I, I came across this picture uh, earlier this week and it just moved me. And, and here is this, uh, a son visiting his father. And I don't know if this was, uh, I, I believe that this was an um, assisted living facility. Uh, it was on lockdown and he, they weren't allowed to um, uh, see him. But look, he props up a chair right there just outside the window and calls him on the phone. He's getting some FaceTime in right there. He didn't need a video. He saw a need, made a difference. You know, I, I guarantee his dad's valuing that time on that phone right now. Looking forward to the time that this is all over with and he can reach him and touch him and hug him and love on him. And that, let me just tell you this. You are not too old to embrace technology and you're not too young to embrace technology. Here's the reality. If we are not serving, if we are not embracing our identity in Christ, if we are not doing um, what we are supposed to do as the church, we're not being the church, something's not getting done. 
It's not. Um, there is an aqueduct in Segovia, Spain. It was built in uh, 109 AD, and uh, it's a beautiful structure. Here's a picture of it. And so you see those arches, um, but along the top is the aqueduct. And so they started in the mountains, and it goes, I think, 16 miles uh, long. And, and to keep the uh, just a slightly uh, decline so that the water would flow, um, they, they have these double arches. And then at the end of it, it's like going into a, a fountain uh, area. Well, this worked wonderfully. It took cool water from the mountains and it delivered down to Segovia, which was a very a warm climate city. Well, 800 years later, somebody had a great idea. They're like, you know what? This has been awesome. We want this to be a legacy. And now that aqueduct, no water runs through it. Um, it looks beautiful, but it's cracking. And if you got up close to it, you would see that if they ever push water through it, it would leak out. And so uh, it's falling apart. Well, the reality is this for us is the church. You know, when we're not serving, something's not being done. And we're not being like Christ. Why? Because Christ came to serve. We're not embracing our identity in Christ. And so I just want to close with this. And that is, you know, I believe that there's three types of people watching this live stream today. Number one is that those who have embraced their identity in Christ and you have been looking for opportunities. You've been looking to see needs and you've been doing your best to make a difference whenever you saw those needs. Um, not only um, are there those that are um, embracing, well, I think that there's Christians who've forgotten their identity in Christ. Just like the aqueduct there in Segovia, they're no longer seeing needs. They're no longer making a difference. They've kind of taken themselves um, out of the picture. And when we do that, things start falling apart, whether it's our life, whether it's our testimony, um, and I would tell you as uh, the, the body of Christ, you know, uh, when God's done with you, he'll bring you home. And it is going to be so much better on the other side. Well, that brings me to the third person. And that is this. Um, there are people who have never embraced their identity in Christ. Uh, they've never found it. And, and I just want to share this with you. Um, Jesus served. And if you look back through the uh, New Testament, you'll see that he turned water into wine, but that's not how he really served. You'll see that he fed the 5,000. That's not how he served. Um, you'll see that he brought Lazarus back from the dead. That's not how he served. Jesus served, how? Because he saw needs. He saw needs and he met them. He made a difference. Well, what was the need that Jesus saw? Um, Jesus saw this. that you or I had no way possible to be redeemed from our sin in and of ourselves. The Bible tells us for the wages of sin is death. And all of us have sinned. I mean, many of you have done it trying to get your Facebook live stream working. Um, many of you have done it uh, in other different ways. And the reality is this, the Bible tells us the wages for that is death. And I've heard people ask this question, how could a God, a loving God, the God that, that, that we describe, how could he do that? How could he send somebody to hell? Well, here's the truth. That God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, and then he died on the cross for my sins. He died on the cross for your sins. He saw all need. The need was that Ronnie Tabor wasn't going to get to heaven without his intervention. He made a difference. He came. 
He lived among us. He died for us. Well, I would challenge you with this. If you have never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, reach out. Reach out to me here. Do a direct message. Reach out to somebody that has been on this Facebook Live. Uh, reach out to a friend that you know is a part of the church and, and, and tell them. Uh, this is a great time to find out. Uh, the, the expectation is that 70% of the population of the United States will probably come down with some form of um, the thing that I'm not supposed to say. Those odds are pretty high. And um, I don't want anybody to leave this world not knowing that they're going to spend eternity in heaven. And I don't want you to. And so let me just say this in closing. If you have a need, reach out to us. Reach out to our church. Reach out to me, again, on Facebook Messenger. Um, reach, And I'll tell you this, church, reach out to somebody that you know um, that has needs and then make a difference. And I'm going to close this a little differently. I'm not going to pray. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm about to, to shut this off. And I'm going to ask you to pray right where you're at. If you're with a group of people, I want you guys to just hold hands and, um, and, and pray. Uh, what I'm going to do when I say finish here, Carrie and I are, are going to hold hands and we're going to pray. And I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to pray for everyone that's on here. I'm going to pray for everyone that's going to watch this. Um, if you've missed any part of today's three Facebook Lives, I'd encourage you in a little bit, you're going to see it pop up on YouTube. And what we're going to do is take those three videos and we're going to put those together. Um, I hope it blesses you. I hope today was a blessing. Uh, this is an uh, interesting time. Um, I, I, I see this as a blessing to be in ministry at, a, at such a time as this. Uh, I'll tell you that to be a Christ follower at such a time as this is incredible. You know, if, if there are people whose faith is shaken. Why? Because it's in the wrong thing. We, the church, we need to keep our faith strong. How do we do that? Read the Bible. How do we do that? Go to your Father. Pour out your heart to Him. Tell Him what is scaring you. How do we do that? Reach out to somebody. Let them know. Join together. The Bible tells you where two or three are gathered together. So whether it's on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, it doesn't matter. Go to the Lord in prayer. Guys, I love you. Um, I'm honored to be your pastor. And I look forward to the day that we come together. But you know what? Next week, we're probably going to be doing this again. I uh, don't know exactly what it'll look like, but uh, I'm excited. And again, if there's anything I can do for you, please reach out to me and let me know. Have a great, great week. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.